It is indeed the right time. Lisa Stanfield uh, wrapping up our first triple play for the hour. Before that, uh, Jabu Kanile coming through right here on The Art of Everything with myself, Bridget Masinga. We are live, by the way, on social media. Should you ever want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at SAFM Radio. And you can find me there too, at Bridget Masinga. That's Bridget with one T. We're going to take a quick one. And then when we come back, we get into the first conversation of tonight in our Made in essay feature we look at the locally produced and manufactured knitwear brand called Miss Knitwear not very complicated at all uh, this is all about mohair which is a big industry something that I'm not particularly that into but as I was saying to my producer I'm probably the only person on earth that has some kind of uh, allergic reaction to mohair. But it's big business, both locally and internationally. And we're going to find out what makes Miss Knitwear uh, unique and sets them a cut above the rest. Bridget Masinga on the art of everything. It is uh, the art of everything on this uh, Friday evening right here on SAFM. You're hanging out with myself, Bridget Masinga. Our first conversation for the evening, we're looking at a local knitwear brand made in SA, proudly so, sourced out in the Karoo. Uh, and uh, we're looking at uh, all things mohair. This brand was established back in uh, 2013. So it's been on the market for quite a little bit of time and it's born out of a passion for design by its founder, Candice Johnson, who joins me on the line this evening. How are you doing, Candice? I'm very well, thanks, Bridget. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's only but a pleasure. So, <laughs> mohair is, I mean, this is big business, you know, big business uh, in SA, big business internationally. If you follow the textiles industry, if you follow fashion, you know, oftentimes designers are getting into these beautiful capsule collaborations with mohair farmers. And I was just saying earlier on, I'm probably the only person on the planet who has an allergic reaction to mohair. So I'm always uh, like, mm, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so for well, you. That's, that's why I actually chose to do mohair because um, I wanted to change that sort of public perception about it because um, it, it isn't actually scratchy like wool is because yes. it's a hollow fiber. So um, it's, 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 and I wanted to work with a natural fiber that um, was very soft mm. and very lightweight. So that's interesting. I know, right? Maybe yeah. I've just come across bad brands, people who haven't quite utilized the product to its finesse, you know? Yes, it's also the way you knit it as well. If it's knitted, you know, too tight, it can also... You know, it just depends the way it's knitted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know, we'll pass it off as me. We won't say it's the mohair. We'll just say it's Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> so, Candice, Miss Knitwear has uh, been around since 2013. Um, yes. and, and for you, where did the love begin? I know that you're a girl who loves, uh, you know, rural South Africa, quote unquote. You, you, you've got yes. that background, that upbringing. Is, is that where the passion and the love for mohair started? Um, well, I've always loved natural fibers, mm-hmm. and I worked in the clothing industry prior to that for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a little frustrating because they would only work with acrylic fibers, and these big companies did not want to work with natural fibers because of the price. Yeah. And obviously, there weren't there was no luxury market in those, those days. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I just felt that um, 
I'm not going to be frustrated. I'm going to find my little luxury market because mm-hmm. I wasn't. I, I want to wear things. I want to create things that I wear myself. And um, there, there definitely was a luxury market untapped for sort of South Africans wanting um, more unique, um, high-quality products, yeah. and also for the overseas people coming to visit the country and they want to take something from the country back with them. Mm. So. Um, uh, that's why I settled on mohair because South Africa is such a big producer, mm. and um, I just played around with a different couple of different yarns. But also, um, I was very, I was um, it's, it's because it's very sustainable, and I was also very impressed because th- there's no harming of animals involved, mm. and that's very close to my heart because I love animals. Mm. And um, some of the other fibers like angora and all of angora, you know, the rabbit hair and all of that. It's just the, the practices are just not quite, <laughs> not quite up to my standard mm. of um, of animal care. So mohair was a mohair seemed to just fall into place for me, and I had knitters that were very good at knitting the yarn. So mm. their quality was amazing and. Um, they know how to knit because they um, not many people can knit with mohair. Yeah, um, it's um, <clears throat> it's it's especially because it's so fine. Yeah. Um, so and, and then yes. Sorry to interject, Candice. So you, you you were saying for you that sustainability is, is big in your heart and, and also, I guess, the treatment of animals when sourcing raw materials for, for our consumption. Um, yes. you, you know, what makes mohair and its production more sustainable than, than other wools or, or other kind of knit fibers, I guess? And it's just the way the goats are shorn. It's almost like when they go when they get sheared, they get a little haircut, and ah. it's not like the the fur is pulled out like they do with the the rabbits. Ah. So, um, and also the way the farms are run, they they run very well, and mm. the animals are very well looked after. Um, I haven't heard such great stories about the cashmere goats in China. So uh-huh. I wasn't going to uh, bring in cashmere. Um, not knowing where it was coming from and and what was going on in those farms and the ethical farming behind it. So I yes. I then get very interested because you know for for me a goat is a goat is a goat is a goat and I don't know any difference. <laughs> <laughs> and then and uh, of goats. <laughs> they really are because now I'm I'm wondering. Well, I guess this is not your typical. Uh, you know, those gray, ashy, dusty goats that we, we use for traditional purposes no. or, or for food consumption. This has got to be some kind of special goat. Yes, it is a special goat. It's got a very curly little, it's got a very curly coat. And um, it's, 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 it's got a big, it's got like a shaggy coat. Uh-huh. And the, the outer hair of the, of the is, is a bit coarser, so they use that for blankets and all things like that. Mm-hmm. But the underbelly hair and also the, the baby goats, mm. their hair is much softer. So they, they use the baby goats for my hair because the yarn is much softer. I see. So, yeah, they use the, the hair of the bigger goats for more sort of upholstery and um, tailoring and, you know, throws and things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes- and then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, most of the goats are in the Karoo. You'll find them in places like Prince Albert and Sutherland and um, Graf Renette, 
all uh-huh. those Eastern Cape towns, and I'm from the Eastern Cape, so mm. I'm, I know them very well. And um, that's where the goats are in the Karoo. Okay. And, uh, yes. Awesome stuff. Candice Johnson is the founder yeah. of Miss Nichewear, uh, and we're chatting to her about uh, the brand, its foundations, and what the future holds for it. It's been uh, in existence since 2013. And I know in terms of your, your process, so um, if I'm not mistaken, your knits go through a factory process, uh, and then, though, they get finished off by hand, giving them that more personalized, one-of-a-kind yes. quality. Yes, that is correct. Um, I use local factories in Cape Town, mm-hmm. um, all with local staff. And then I, I emphasize the handcraft aspect because I think each product needs to be unique and it needs to have some kind of special hand-finished um, look. So I've used ostrich feathers. Um, I've also branched out into accessories like feather brooches and feather necklaces because mm. I also use ostrich feathers from Oatsburn. Uh-huh. And... Um, and putting the, the product together in the end all happens in my studio. So that's where the, the hand finishing comes in. Oh, wowza. So this truly is, by every stretch of the imagination, of the imagination, Candice, a luxury mohair uh, production and, and collection. It's not just your average run-of-the-mill knitwear brand. No, no, but that's that is kind of what I wanted. I wanted mm. something that stood out as something quite unique. Mm-mm. And in terms of the future, what is in store for Miss Knitwear? Where are we taking it? I mean, there's such a an interest in all things proudly made in Africa these days, especially when we're looking at bespoke luxury brands. There's such an appetite internationally. Yes, definitely. And um, I'm. I want to move my business um internationally i've got um two clients internationally already mm-hmm. and um there are more to come and when south africa's off the red list um <laughs> <laughs> there'll be a lot more happening on that level so um i plan to kind of extend sort of beyond the borders as well because there's definitely an appreciation for mohair for people in other countries mm. um, and they come here especially to get it can I ask a weird question as we wrap it up, Candice, because you just said something that just sparked a random thought in my head. As you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, consumers from international countries. And then I'm wondering, is there a big market for mohair produced uh, winter goods? And how does it fare in terms of it being a winter woolly? You know, is is it heavy enough to, to sustain someone, say, you know, at sub-zero in the height of a New York winter or the height of a, of a British winter when it's super yes. cold? Yes, ah. it's super warm. Super ah. warm and it's super light. So it'll be your perfect travel partner on the plane. Mm. It just depends how lightly it's knitted. I see. You can wear layers and layers and layers of it. Um, and you can also put multiple ends together just to get it really super warm. Mm. Or you can just knit like very lightly. A lot of my products are quite are lacy, so they're quite sheer and see-through. So uh-huh. that is a very transitional product. And a lot of my sort of lace capes with the feathers do really well in summer because you can wear it with like a pair of cut-off jean shorts, you mm. know. So it's got that sort of transitional look. Okay. So you could do it's It's definitely, there's no season to it at all, really.
awesome stuff. You have whet my appetite, and who knows, I might just give Mohe a second chance. I, hey. You know, I'll pass it off as just I, I came across the wrong batch at first. Now that I know Miss Nitwe, uh, I think I'll have better luck. Candice, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much, Bridget. It's Thank a you pleasure. So much for your time. Thanks it's for the invite. It's a Keep pleasure. Well. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and uh, come across them there if you are intrigued and want to see what else they've got in store for us. We're going to take a quick break and uh, get back into the music. And then a little bit later on on the show, we are going to have a conversation around Africa Rare. Now, this is a first of its kind South African metaverse that's uh, to launch. It's, uh, yeah, it's apparently housing some kind of digital land with roots on the African continent. As you can hear from my voice, I'm very intrigued because I have no idea what it entails exactly. And I guess this is why we do the show. So you and I can both find out exactly what Africa Rare and a Metaverse is.